Hello and welcome to day nine of Podmas. My name is Anne. My name is Liam. And you're listening to the Sideways Life podcast. At least I hope you know that. <laughs> if you're new, welcome. Hello. We've got a lot to catch up on on Podmas alone, let alone the other episode. You're going to love it here, um, unless you hate traveling, in which case that's not really for you. Um, just, in, just in case you are new, then uh, we are essentially all about the honest guide for living and working abroad. We feel we're qualified in that we left the UK in 2013 and have lived and worked abroad since 2013, visiting over 44 countries and 159 stops. We're going to do one more, Leanne, just to make it 160. I know, right? Yeah, the um, the little uh, OCD in me is, is, is bothered by this 159. <laughs> did we include our stop here, though, coming to Medellin? Maybe we didn't. Maybe this is 160. I don't want to recount that list again. Did we write it down somewhere? We we, we sat down, got through a bottle of gin <laughs> and worked out exactly where we'd been and then forgot all about it in the morning. Anyway, so today, our so just in case, just on the off chance, you don't know what Podmas is. It is a podcast. It's like Leanne described it as an advert, or in fact, I think I described it as an auditory advent calendar. 25 days in the lead up to Christmas. Each day is a little something different about living and working abroad. Today is day nine. Do you know what our song is? I do. I do. So, if you've been following, you would have seen that our playlist on Spotify is stacking up nicely. It's called A Sideways Christmas. And we're not only giving you a podcast every day, we're also theming it by one of our favourite Christmas songs. Favourite's got quote quote marks, like (laughs) rabbit earmarks around it. Lasers. Yes. So, today's song is a little bit different, Al. Mm. It's not your typical Christmas song. Mm. Can you, do you know what it is? I know who it's by, by Rage Against the Machine, and it's called... Killing in the Name. Now, I think if I remember the story behind this was, this was maybe about possibly 10 years ago. In the UK, certainly something called the X Factor, which I think, do you call it the X Factor in the States? Yeah, that's exported to the States. Is it? Australia. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Simon Cowell just being rude about lots of different people. Um, And the idea was that they were sick of another sickly ballad. This is the public. We're sick of another sickly ballad being number one at Christmas and being manufactured by the cow monster, Simon Cowell himself. And so everyone said, fuck it, we're going to go and we're going to go and buy something they did they did there was a whole movement there was a whole petition i could petition. see you wanted to talk then <laughs> i wasn't sure when you're gonna finish i was trying to wait i don't want to interrupt you but there was this whole like social media petition to make rage against machine number one for christmas and my my goodness they did it they achieved that um so this was number one in 2009 so, so 12 years ago wow. 12 years ago not the most Christmassy song, and I think that was the whole point of it. So maybe just listen to the podcast, but not necessarily the song. I love this song. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so when I was like, when I was at university and a little bit before, because this song came out in like 92, like it's not a, it, was, it wasn't like a recent song. I'm not that old, <laughs> just to clarify. You were at university in 92. <laughs> we get it. You were born in 1958. No, I was in university by 2003. I was going out by about 99, 2000. Um, and 
And yet, the, our local club used to do like a rock night on a Wednesday, and this would always be a song they played. When I went to university in Manchester, the whole indie rock scene was very much alive and well. Um, so this is a song I, I knew very well before it was campaign for Christmas number one. So listen to this song and enjoy. Mm, not my cup of tea. But then I tend to like the ballads that come out of X Factor, so... <laughs> So the whole point of this is it's called a what the, I can't believe we've got four minutes in and we've not said what actually it's about. <laughs> the reason we chose this is a bit of a WTF moment, which obviously I think you know what that means. It means what the fruit is going on. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who is anyone who's travelled, anyone who's just gone to a new place, even just on a holiday, you'll sometimes see things and be like, "What the fuck." Mm-hmm. just odd things things that happen to you circumstances that you just find yourself in and it's very odd and i thought that was that was a nice little connection who would have thought rage against machine would be christmas number one what the fuck so you yeah so what we've got is we've both got a a few wtf moments that from our travels um our favorite moments where we just stopped and went what the fuck is going on do you want to kick things off, Leah? I would like to kick things off. I thought you would. So I'd like to take you back to May 2019. Oh, the good old days before. No COVID. No COVID. No one even knew what she was. But that was the end of a, our biggest, longest trip to um, the other side of the world. So we spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia and Australia and New Zealand. And we ended up, and I think we've mentioned this already, um, in India with um, some of our good friends, uh, Steph and Paul. Um, So we met them in Goa, spent a lovely week, and then after they left, we went to Kerala, which is a bit further south. Um, Beautiful part of the world, beautiful. Bit dry, which for us, I mean, just on last yesterday's episode alone, you know, that's a challenge, right? When you say dry, you mean no alcohol. No alcohol. Very limited supply of alcohol. So, unsurprisingly, Al and I hunted out the bars that did serve alcohol, and we were sat in one of those one evening, sharing a beer or a gin and tonic or something, just having a nice little chat, and the waiter comes over to us and very, very politely said, "Um, there's a couple here tonight who are celebrating their first wedding anniversary, and they would love to meet you. (laughs) And we're like, what the fuck? Us? (laughs) Like, do they think we're somebody special? <laughs> he's like, no. He said, no. This might sound strange, but they they come from a rural part of of um, the country. They don't get to interact with many British people or white people, and they just they'd find it a real privilege to meet you. It's like, how do you say no to that, right? Of what a lovely, lovely thing. So this couple came over, and they were so sweet and so beautiful, weren't they? In their mm-hmm. traditional dress, they both looked gorgeous. They didn't speak much English, so the waiter helped us out and, and translated. And then he said to me, he said, oh, they'd really like you to join them as they um, they eat their celebration cake. So we were like, okay. So we ended up going into this like private function room of this bar venue place with all of their family and friends, which was surreal. We stood next to them at like the top table next to their wedding cake, like either side of the bride and groom of a year gone by and saw them cut this cake. And then the tradition was is you take one really big piece of cake and feed it to each other. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the bride is feeding me cake 
<laughs> and I'm looking it at pre-COVID times, people pre-COVID times, it was fine. And I was looking at me going, what the fuck? <laughs> and it was just such a surreal experience and so lovely. Mm-hmm. And what an, what an honor and privilege to be invited to that moment. It was. And I think that's that's the big thing of traveling is that, is that you leave your preconceived ideas behind. I mean, to be fair, right now that might be a bit of a difficulty because you don't really want to be asking have they washed their hands, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, back pre-COVID days, you just go, you know, oh, well, you're going to see some 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 queer, queer things. For example, um, I've got a real quick one here in Albania. A couple of things about driving in Albania. First of all, it is heartachingly beautiful. It is one of the most beautiful mm. countries to drive through. We drove from the bottom to the top from Greece all the way through to where it meets Montenegro. And it was just beautiful. Just turn a corner and you just have these huge mountains and it was beautiful. Um, however, once you get into the towns, we went to Tirana, um, which is uh, a town sort of, I think it's sort of middle to north. Oh, the capital, right? what's the capital? Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy. First of all, we, we looked on the websites and it says that most drivers carry weapons like guns. So don't get in a fight. Just let them in. And secondly, we, I don't think we read this. I think we discovered this was that when you get to a roundabout, you give way to people joining the roundabout. Now, I don't know whether it's the same. I'm pretty sure it's not the same in um, in most other places where you drive. But bearing in mind, we're driving on the right hand side of the road as UK nationals. So, you know, that's different for us. We're quite used to it now. Um, but we're driving the right side of the, dro- of the road. We're joining a roundabout and people on the roundabout have to stop to let us on, which was just... And then we're on the roundabout and we have to stop to let people on. Mm-hmm. And that almost got us shot because it was a bit of a crazy situation. Yeah. So, it's hard to get your head around that. It is. On reflection, that's not my not my favorite WTF moment. I, my favorite one's coming up. But do you want to go next? No, no, your your next one, your favorite one. It is, but we should do alternate. Okay, so my one, staying on the theme of like staying in Asia, um, and like I said, the lovely couple that we met didn't get to meet many Westerners very often, um, and we had very similar experiences in Vietnam, particularly in the north, in Hanoi, and in the middle when we went down to Hue. Uh, we would get stopped on the street, <laughs> and mm-hmm. people would ask us to have pictures taken with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also actually, we didn't get so much in India, but our friends Steph and Paul, I think, because they're so tall, maybe. Mm. But but yeah, and it's a bizarre thing. You just you know you're walking around like a, an old temple ruin, admiring the history and the the culture, and then a little Vietnamese lady taps you on the shoulder and says, "Can I have a picture?" And you're like, "Sure, I don't know who you think I am, <laughs> but cool, yeah." So what, what I love the most about it, and we we talked about this with with our friends, is that like somewhere. On Facebook, Instagram, and Vietnam, India, there are people who are posting pictures of pictures of us, going, "Look who I met today!" And I just love that. There's just random pictures of us somewhere, um, but that was strange. And, and we've actually talked to a lot of other people who travel to more remote places or even just places at a particular time of year, um, and have had very similar experiences getting stopped mm-hmm. for for photographs. And I think if that happens, you have to just be nice about it and good human about it. I mean, Steph and Paul did get to the point they were like asking for money because it was like you're the 20th person that stopped me in like half an hour. Joking, of course. But uh, but it's kind of cool. You get a little insight into what it might be like to be famous, maybe. Yeah, famous for like half a day. And then you go, I mean, I don't know about you, but 
Couldn't do it. What was that story about Simon... No, not Simon Radcliffe. Um, who's the guy from Harry Potter? Who's the main one? Daniel guy? Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Um, and uh, and apparently he got chased by the paparazzi, the media. And so he wore the same outfit every day for about six months because he knew then that the photographers couldn't sell the pictures because he was Brilliant. wearing the same as they'd already got a picture of him. I uh, heard another one actually about Daniel Radcliffe that made me laugh is that he started just wearing really, like you said, just like really ordinary clothes when he was out and he lived in New York for a little while. Apparently it's cold, so he was all like wrapped up and he had like his friend's dog with him and, and someone didn't recognize him to the point that they came up to him and thought he was homeless and offered to buy him a <laughs> cup of coffee. And he was like, um, I'm all right, thanks mate, but cheers. <laughs> Okay, so my next favourite one happened in Bulgaria. So we spent a little bit of time in Bulgaria, uh, maybe six weeks, I can't remember exactly how long we spent, but uh, we went to, um, I want to say Plodne, but that's a supermarket in... Haskovo. Um, Haskovo, but what's the other place? Plovdiv. We went to Plovdiv, mm. um, which is a cool town, lots of Roman... Like, you know, when you go to Chester in the UK, and there's Roman relics, and they're all fenced off and glassed off. These ones, they're not. You can walk over them. You just basically <laughs> sit and have a cup of tea and a fag, sitting on the edge of, of something that's like 300 year, 3,000 years old. However, so we were in this, um, in our sort of, I suppose we rented a villa as part of, like, there was six villas together out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I rented this villa from a great guy called Nicola, um, who's really cool. He's knocking on our door about five o'clock and go, do you fancy getting pissed? And we were like, yeah, we He do. just used to walk around the box of wine, didn't he, in a glass and be like, want some? <laughs> like, hell yeah. <laughs> and his great dog called George, was it his dog? Oh, George. like the most beautiful, like, golden retriever you'd ever seen. He used to just come over and just sit outside our door and stare in. Yeah. <laughs> Used to go ask, knock on and ask if uh, Peanut was playing out, our <laughs> dog. But one day, um, so Nicola had lots of weird friends. Not weird, like, as in, like, they were weird. Although he did some of those too. But he had lots of, like, crazy friends who were, like, one of them was, like, ex-military. One of them were, like, owned half of Bulgaria. And uh, we were upstairs one day. And then I heard this helicopter, sound like a helicopter, in the garden. And I, and I will, will jumped out to the, you know, whenever I see a plane or helicopter, I'm such, I'm such a little kid. I run out and I look up and I'm like, oh, it's a helicopter. And this helicopter, and it landed in the bloody garden. And I ran into the animals like, there's a helicopter in the garden. She was, no, there's not. I said, no, there really is. She went, no, shut up, Al, there's not. I said, follow me. Walked out to the terrace. There was the helicopter. Landed in the garden. And it turned out it was Nicola's mate who fancied a few beers in a town, which was about maybe 20 kilometers away. And rather than getting a taxi like you and I would, just thought, fuck it, I'll get a helicopter. I'll just use my helicopter. So we landed in the in the garden, picked up Nicola. They, Nicola, they went to town, no doubt had a few beers. Don't know whether we flew the helicopter back. I don't know. We didn't see that. Um, but that's the basically the the Uber of the skies. It's how your mm -hmm. mate picks you up in Bulgaria. And I remember Nico saying to us, like, do you want to come? And it's like, do we want to get in a 40-year-old helicopter <laughs> with your mate? We have no idea who he is. He's probably been drinking already to go and have more drinks and then come back. <laughs> do you know we got some sightseeing to do today, actually? So has Nico. <laughs> what about hey, you? Um, what have you got? So I think my other one is mainly based around just like, again, in Asia and food. One of our favorite things to do um, particularly in Thailand, is to stay in Chinatown. And it doesn't seem a very popular place to stay. Whenever you talk to people who've been to, to Bangkok, um, people don't really talk about staying here, but we went there our first time and it was it's so cool Chinatown. Mm -hmm. And and what's amazing about it is the food markets and the um just walking around them. But what what I love about it is that each stand just as one dish. Like we're not talking about your food trucks or your 
you know, they, they do lots of different things as a menu. No, 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 no. They do one thing. They do pad thai or they do a kind of soup or they do a skewer or... And what's brilliant about it is that we saw it in Bangkok and we saw it in another, in a place called Ampower, which is about an hour east of Bangkok, like a river market town, which is beautiful. Um, and they do it with such skill and so quickly. It's like automatic. It's like watching someone driving, like they don't think mm. about it. And this dude was doing it in Ampower to a point where not only could he make this like amazing pad thai wrapped in a paper thin omelette, but he was doing it with both hands while smoking a cigarette <laughs> in his mouth. No hands. Just finding a way to like flick the ash away without getting it in the, in the pad thai. Very, very cool. Very, very odd. Just what the fuck. Talking of um, oddness, then um, one of my favorite ones, we came to Croatia. Uh, we came to Istria. We stayed in a place called Rijeka, which is north of Istria, the very north part of Istria. We ordered an Uber because we did, couldn't work out the, the buses. They were very complicated. So we couldn't work out the buses. Ordered an Uber. Turned up. It was a little Citroen Saxo, which is basically like a tiny little car. It's meant for like, you can probably fit two people in the back and obviously two people in the front, but it's a tiny little car. And I went round to get into the passenger side and there was a woman already in there. And I was like, oh, maybe he's doing two lifts at the same time. So we got in the back. And uh, it turned out it was his mother. And so the Uber driver, who was about 14 years old, obviously old enough to drive, he, was, he wasn't really 14, but um, he was doing an Uber, Uber and he brought his mum along. And what was even better is halfway through, halfway through the trip, she turned around and offered us all a sweet, a bold sweet. <laughs> and it was just like, what the fuck? We said, yes, please. Thank you, mum. Yeah, That's yeah, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and then Leanne kept saying, are we nearly there yet? <laughs> She's like, I will turn this car around. <laughs> anyway. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. And so, um, we've got many other taxi journey things. The only advice I would give you, do not get an Uber out of Bangkok Airport. It will mm -mm. not end well. Go down to the like the main concourse place, book a taxi through that. You'll probably pay about 20% more. You're still talking about 20 euros to get from the airport into anywhere you want to go in Bangkok. Mm -hmm. Do not trust Uber in Thailand. It's just not, it's not going to end well. We ended up getting out of a... They took us from one car to another, wanted us to swap to a different car on the same Uber trip at a petrol station, and it was all really dodgy, so we ended up getting out and just waiting for like three hours for a taxi to come. And we had that other one as well, actually, when we are going to, from Bangkok to Empower, and we booked the Uber the day before, oh, like yeah. saying where we were going. And then when we, he picked us up and we got in, and he confirmed where we were going, he said, like, oh, no, no, it's too far. Literally stopped the car... Middle on of the street. The, yeah, middle of the street, and turfed us out. Yeah. I mean, and fair dues, we found another one and he was thrilled that he had like a, a chunky fare taken as an hour and a half away. But um, yeah, Uber in Thailand, circa 2018-19, not the best option. Uh, yeah. Talking quickly of taxis then, um, is also be careful when you go to Ljubljana Airport in Slovenia because we got there and we got turfed out of a taxi because we were only going like three miles rather than the 30 miles into Ljubljana. So we got ended up going into this dark car park following this guy who looked like he'd killed 16 people in a former life um, but it turned out to be really nice um, and then we've got well, there's lots of other taxi things uh, we were in uh, Bosnia uh, well Herzegovina um, and uh, and the taxi driver we were getting close to where we got and, and I saw him turn off the meter mm. and I was like this isn't gonna go well is it and he turned around and asked us for like six times how much money he was, was on the meter um, but so I'm not saying this to frighten you I'm just saying this so you know that just to be aware just be a little bit aware that, you know. 
yeah things like do it through a company do it through like a like an operator person agree the price or do you know what it's some advice actually that um or also our other good friends Alec and Kenny gave us before I think it's our second trip out and we were going to like we did like um Southeast Asia we went we did um Thailand and Laos Vietnam Cambodia and they'd done something similar a couple of years earlier and they said to us like it's so cheap for like airport transfers to like pre-book them just do that he was like yes it might be like 50% more than getting a taxi but you know <laughs> you're fine it. you're fine it's only cost you 10 pound and it was so good to come out of every airport and see someone holding up your name mm-hmm. know it's already prepaid know it's booked through a, a reputable operator you get in you get there done yeah do it when uh, when i went to new york oh god this is a long time ago so when was 9 11 it was the year after that and I went to New York, and we got out, and uh, and it and there was a guy in a fluorescent jacket. who was like, "You you, you want a taxi to, to town?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah." And so we got in it. Only when we realised we got in it that we got charged hundred and twenty dollars to get to town, but it should have been about twenty. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, so just be a little bit careful. I've got one more. Um, is it your turn? I think it's your turn to go, isn't it? Is it my turn? I think so. So my one is. Somewhat of a traumatic moment. <laughs> Something that happened. It happened to Al, but I too was traumatized by the experience. <laughs> it was a dark night. We just spent 12 hours on a plane coming from New Zealand to Bali, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. We arrived at a hotel and found to our horror again that it was dry. There was no alcohol. Yep. So we went in search. We went for a walk. What could possibly go wrong like i'll tell you what went wrong <laughs> we found the supermarket fine we got ourselves we didn't even get that much we get like a couple of beers and a bottle yeah. of wine or something yeah something like that enough to last you for the first hour <laughs> yeah enough to get me through the night so then we're walking back and it to be it took us about 45 minutes walking to find somewhere that yeah. that that was open so we're walking back and I'm walking behind Al because there's no pavement or sidewalk to our Australian mm-hmm. and, and American listeners. Um, so we're walking quite close to the road and then Al understandably sees a bit where it looked like a bit of a bank, didn't it? And you know how they have like a little raised bit and a bit of a platform, like mm-hmm. a bit of a courtyard almost. On a know? corner. So on a corner. you don't really be wa- walking around on the road on a corner when it's dark traffic backwards and forwards and in in like indonesia like is like or bali is like most of eastern uh, of of the far east in that it's a two track road that they try and make into four because <laughs> there's always oh, someone yeah. overtaking someone else and someone overtaking someone else that person who's being always, always being overtaken yeah and they've got some speed on them as well so of course if you see it if you see an opportunity to get onto a bit of a pavement or a bit of a corner you're going to take it so i'll quite sensibly walking in front in front of me does this on the corner and I'm just walking with my, my shopping bags and I look up and he's just disappeared. I'm like, Al? And then I just see his little head like popping out of the pavement. Just like, Leah? <laughs> He'd fallen down the biggest hole I'd ever seen. Seriously, it was up to his neck. 
It was just ridiculous. So I went and ran out. I was like, oh my God, are you okay? He was like, I, I think so. I don't know. Something's wet. I'm not sure if it's blood. And it was like, right, okay. Let's get you out of the hole. Turns out it's fine. He just smashed the cans of beer against himself. His trousers. So he was wearing like the, you know, you know those people who buy those trousers when they travel in Southeast That's Asia. Me. Al had those for mosquito prevention purposes, but he did have those like thin balloon type pants on elephant pants they were ripped to shreds yep how you didn't seriously injure yourself i know you were really sore you had bruises and like really bad grazes on your knees and your elbows and stuff (laughs) how you didn't seriously hurt yourself i don't know so i'm picking you up and i'm picking up the the shopping bag that's just dripping with liquid and then this australian dude comes over and was like (laughs) you're right mate just i just thought you'd fall off the uh, fall down the hole you okay that looked really bad (laughs) And he was just, and I was just like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, thank you so much for your concern. I think we're okay. You're only about 10 minutes away from our hotel. Thank you, though, thank you. And I was already marching off in like somewhere between embarrassment and pain. So I'm like scuttling after him. And I just see his poor little balloon pants cut to shreds. And bear in mind, he's got no underwear on. Mm-hmm. There, there was things on show <laughs> from the back is all I'm saying. And I was walking behind him thinking, is this a good time to tell him? Because there's not a lot we can do about it. And I was like, no, no, just let it go. So poor Al had to walk another 10 minutes home with his bum and bollocks out. <laughs> but it was only when we got back to the room, well, back to the hotel, I was like, I'm just going to walk really close behind you as we, as we go in. <laughs> it was so funny. The headlights of the passing cars were dancing off my <laughs> testicles. It was, uh, it was. I mean, there was, the Anne said it was quite beautiful to see. It was glorious. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty <laughs> terrible. And and to be fair, that's not. That was the first time of two times I've fallen down a hole in the last four oh, years. You did fall down. So I won't go into the other one. But yeah, it, <laughs> in, <laughs> I defy you to name another one of your podcasting people you listen to who have fallen down a hole twice in 18 months. Because but those pants, man. Oh, Jesus. The holes in them. You were like, do you think I can repair them? I was like, mm, no. These are the holes, not my testicles, just, just to be clear. <laughs> anyway, so I think I'm out. Have you got anything else? Any more WTF moments? Uh, oh, my only other one was just, I just, just, just the extreme weather that you experience when you travel, which is which can be a bit scary and a bit what the fuck. I think the ones that stand out to me was when we were in um, Bulgaria again, driving to Nikos in Haskovo, and we actually had to stop under a bridge because it's raining that hard. <laughs> and we were like, oh no, it's fine. We'll just go really, really slow. And when, you, when you're in a place like Bulgaria where people are hard as fucking nails yep. and they're pulling over <laughs> to wait out the rain, it's like, yeah, we should maybe do that. Um, and then just all the storms in like places like Bali and Thailand and the lightning. I love a lightning storm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just cool, isn't it? Yeah, driven down. Um, if you ever watch Top Gear and they talk about the best driving or the best road in the world is the Transfagarian Highway in Romania. Connects the uh, north to the south. That was a what the fuck moment. That was pretty incredible. Um, going going all the way over the mountains, going back down. That was amazing. Um, we've driven in deep, deep snow. We've driven in lightning. We've driven in winds. We, it's just been really cool. 
we've also driven extreme heat, but that was before we left Spain. <laughs> when we first moved down to Spain, we moved in um, my little Citroen C3 at the time, which which has seen us through some tough times, actually. Another story for another podcast, but... But we um we had that, and just before we left for Spain, the air conditioning broke, which was marvelous timing. Um, and when we actually first tried it, um, we would spent a few months between Granada and Seville, and I think we were driving between the two, and was it 42, 43 degrees? Yeah. No air conditioning, two Rottweilers in the back of a C3, <laughs> plus all of our shit. We actually had to stop <laughs> twice on the way. <laughs> at petrol stations buy bottles of water and just pour it over all of us over me over al over the dogs because you'd get back in your car and like 10 minutes later with the windows open you're bone dragon yeah very strange like (laughs) stepping (laughs) 90 kilo of rottweiler in the back like stepping out of the um if you've ever been to sydney in the uh, in the summer and you step out of the terminal and it's like someone's got a hairdryer on you and it's just bizarre yeah. But anyway, so I feel that we've covered some WTF moments here. This is one of our longest podcasts. You can tell we're excited about this. <laughs> I think it's just funny, isn't it? And it's the, and we should actually say that this episode was ep- episode. Episode. I like that. <laughs> this episode was actually inspired by our good friends Natalie and Daniel, who have a podcast themselves mm-hmm. called Our Way with Life. Mm-hmm. Similar, similar theme of conversations, um, but we actually appeared on their podcast, and they asked us this question: What was your biggest? WTF moment. Yeah. Um, and there's something to do with fish in an elevator. But you oh, should yeah. go listen to that and, and find I can't quite remember, but go listen to it and find out. So thank you, Natalie and Daniel, for inspiring this episode. And go search your podcast app for our wayward life. I mean, you you'll their accents alone. They're from Tennessee, I think, aren't they? Yeah. Most beautiful. You could listen to them both all day. Yeah, beautiful. you want them to read you like stories so you can yes, fall asleep. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> anyway, with that terrible, terrible impression, and I'm sorry, Daniel, if you're listening. Well, I hope you, I hope you are. Um, then shall we call it a day? Yes. All right, so we'll see you tomorrow for more Podmas fun. For day 10. Day 10, I can't believe it. Ooh. We're almost halfway. Hurtling towards the halfway point. Very exciting. And um, as ever, give us some feedback. We're sitting in a room on our own, looking at each other, recording this. We need to hear from you. So get on Instagram, search for Ah Sideways Life, and find us and slide into our DMs. Bye.